Hello, this is Dr. Christine Sauer, and today we'll be mapping early dementia on the 15-minute matrix. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. This is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons on how to use the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. Today on the 15-Minute Matrix, I'll be talking with Dr. Christine Sauer. Dr. Sauer is a German-born and trained conventional and naturopathic physician, dermatologist, allergist, and family doctor. She is now working out of Nova Scotia, Canada as a certified brain and mental health coach, helping clients with chronic and complex health issues get back on the road to optimal health. Through her own journey through the abyss of severe mental and physical illness back to vibrant health and energy, she learned to connect with her clients in a deep and very empathetic way, which you will definitely hear in our conversation, while still using her over 30 years of experience in healthcare, as well as her scientific mind to their benefit. She's a best-selling author, engaging speaker, and teacher with a bit of a funny streak. Welcome, Christine, to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Thank you, Andrea. I am very excited to be on your talk. Of course, I know a lot about you, and it's wonderful to be on your matrix. Oh, thank you. I'm really pleased to talk about this important subject. So let's start by first defining dementia, and then maybe we can elucidate what early dementia might be. But dementia, how do we know what that is when we're looking at cases? Well, the typical definition of dementia is a memory issue, thought issue that actually affects your everyday functioning. Mm. And the early dementia, sometimes people say it's a senior moment, or they just forget things, they get forgetful. And I always encourage people not to accept that as part of aging. Mm. It's an important point. I think we do that a lot with hormones as well. We think, Mm. oh, I'm just getting older. And it's true. We don't need to accept that. A lot of people these days think that dementia is really only relegated to the genetic area. While I know that's not true, and we're going to look at the entirety of the matrix today, can you talk about what genes might be implicated in issues related to memory? Well, it's well known that if you have the APO E genes, either one or two, it increases your likelihood of getting Alzheimer's dementia. Now, there are certain other dementias. Dementia is just the umbrella term, and Alzheimer's is the most common form of it. And for a long time, and I refer to the book by Dr. Dwayne Bredesen that I absolutely adore, uh, he searched for a medication like everybody else. And then he realized it's much more complex than that. I credit him and most of us do for the first scientifically proven approach 
to actually reverse early Alzheimer and prevent Alzheimer's disease. He looks at what I call a full body systems approach. He looks at yes. all the epigenetic or upstream factors that we can address instead of focusing all our attention on the genes, which I think was a mistake that we made for a long time. The genes and the plaques, right? The genes are important because they give us a disposition, but they don't define our destiny. It's just a statistical thing. And the genes don't change within 100 years, but the incidence of dementia has changed, and not just because the people get older. Such an important point you're making there. So what is changing are those triggering events. What are those major triggering events in the patient's history that we might be looking at? There's a wide variety of issues that can cause dementia of any type. But for Alzheimer's dementia, Dr. Bredesen identified three root causes. For one, inflammation, mm -hmm. two, toxins, and three, nutrient deficiencies. And as we know, there are many other that are subtypes of that that influence each other. And I like the way you, in your functional nutrition matrix, you put it nicely in one sheet. Most of the influences that actually contribute to it because most of the chronic diseases of our time are multifactorial. We can look at the matrix and see where all those things are interrelated. Why don't you dive in and tell us some of the triggers that you see that are most common in each of those nodes in the central part of the matrix? Yes, triggering events, of course, can be an infection. It can be a head trauma, especially repeated concussions. It can be heart irregularities. It's well known that atrial fibrillation causes embolisms in the brain, middle strokes. That's not quite Alzheimer's, but often gets misdiagnosed as Alzheimer's early. Then, of course, immune system imbalance. And that's another thing. It can be food allergies that cause inflammation. Mm -hmm. It can be toxins that cause inflammation. It can be just stress that is so severe that it influences our stomach bacteria and causes food allergies and then in turn inflammation. Right. And of course, oxidative stress, we need our oxidative stress system. It heals many infections, but when it's constantly overstimulated by toxic foods, like we are eating in the sad standard American diet, inflammatory vegetable oils, glyphosate-laden foods, and that overloads our own detoxification system. Absolutely. And then we can even go round clockwise to that hormones yeah. and neurotransmitters, thinking about the stressors, also about blood sugar imbalances and how that Absolutely. induces inflammation. It really Not is. It's called type 3 diabetes. And it's true. Yeah. Hyperinsulinemia, chronic too much insulin causes a lot of modern disease. Absolutely. So when we're looking through this umbrella lens of dementia, and you said Alzheimer's is a subclass, what are some of the other subclasses that you are seeing in your practice? The most common I see is multi-infarct dementia, where people have chronic, what the conventional medicine would call arteriosclerosis, and they think the cause is high LDL cholesterol, which I don't completely agree with. 
I think that's much more complex than that. There's yes. inflammation involved. There is nutrient deficiency, especially vitamin K2 involved. And that often gets totally forgotten by conventional medicine. They just prescribe statins and often make it worse because, of course, the coenzyme Q2 Q12 uh, deficiency yes. <laughs> causes a, a detoxification problems and then it gets worse. Where do you start with these patients that you're seeing that are coming in with memory issues, maybe even brushing their memory issues under the rug with the brush off about age or senior moments? I usually do a very detailed assessment. Yes. And we all have to start by really seeing the whole person as an individual and finding out what in his or her history points to which of those points. And then we have to strike a balance between cost and effect. Mm -hmm. So we have to be as cost efficient as we can be to not cause the client unnecessary cost. But on the other hand, certain tests are just wonderful to diagnose some of those influences. I love that you said it the way you did, Christine. I think it's so important for us to balance cost and effect. I love thinking about it like that. And I also really appreciate that you highlighted the importance of the assessment. I think we've lost the assessment in modern day healthcare and we want to rush to recommendations, diagnoses, interventions. And we have to take that pause, that breath, that is the assessment to really know even which tests to do next. If we've done a proper assessment, which are your favorite tests for looking at mental health issues such as dementia? When I can quote four of my favorites is a food sensitivity test that conventional medicine dopes is completely unnecessary and not senseless, which I don't find. Yes. The second is a hair mineral toxicity test, which I find quite cost effective for what it gives you. The third is an organic acid test. Mm -hmm. And if the patient can afford it as an Envirotox test, see what really is in them. And the fourth, one of my favorites is the omega-3-6 ratio and mm. fatty acid analysis because often, oh my God, what patients have in their blood is unreal. And of course, traditional lab that they can get from their doctors like a CRP yes. and B12 and the usual. And if they can afford it, I add a genetic test with the MTHFR to see where they stand there if they need extra and specific testing. That's a great list. And again, brings us back to some of those basics, really remembering not to bypass the serum labs that we'd see from mm. their regular doctor, their regular practitioner. We can even add the MTHFR onto that if we need to. Food sensitivity, I love it as a nutritionist. And that omega-3 ratio. So the omega-3s then must be one of the mediators that you're seeing to bring that system into balance balance, the omega-3, omega-6 system. That is very important to regulate inflammation. And since omega-3 fatty acids are part of every cell membrane, and many people still live in the false impression that they have to eat low fat, and right. then they deprive themselves and their cell membranes of the cholesterol that makes up our hormones and all the cells. So we need all that. Right. Absolutely. And that balance is key. And like you said, with the standard American diet, it's pretty out of balance these days. Totally. And kafo meat is a catastrophe. Yes. 
Yeah. That's the main reason we decided to have backyard chickens because we want happy chickens and good eggs and, and, and meat. So when we're thinking about the nutrient deficiencies, what I think of as tier two, there are several that you mentioned. We talked about the omega-3s, you mentioned vitamin K. Any other clear nutrients, I guess the folate you were talking about with MTHFR. Of course, and magnesium is so often deficient, and I see many trace mineral deficiency. Obviously, there's a copper zinc imbalance often there, copper toxicity and not enough zinc. Mm. And B vitamins, many people don't eat enough. Sometimes I find an iron deficiency, although I'm careful because too much iron is again pro-inflammatory, so you have to strike a balance. But if it's clearly deficient and you can see that in the CBC, then it needs to be substituted, especially with younger women. Yes, because they're losing that iron through bleeding. So we can see that often. When we look at the right side of the matrix, the skills arena, we've been talking a lot about nutrition and the nutrients that we might want to make sure are replete in the diet. What else comes to mind if we go down from the top sleep? Is sleep deprivation impacting people's Absolutely. mental health? Mm -hmm. It's well known that sleep deprivation causes inflammation, causes weight gain, causes hormone imbalances, causes insulin insensitivity. So we need to see that we get enough sleep. And if you have issues sleeping, why it is. I always say if we're not sleeping, not pooping, and our blood sugar isn't imbalanced, then it's hard to build any protocol on top of that. And yet each of those things may not be a quick fix. It might be different for each individual, which, as you said, we need to look at through the assessment. Stress seems to be another area. Very big thing. And I always say my favorite is meditative exercise. Hmm. For me, I love Tai Chi. Some people prefer yoga or Qigong. It's meditation and exercise. And it appeals to many people that are a little bit antsy from too much computer and social media, can't sit still and meditate for hours like some people do. <laughs> right, right. I hear you there. It's that balance between doing and being. I'm curious about two key areas, both the relationships and networks and that mm -hmm. mind, spirit, emotions community in the soup of the matrix. How do you see these areas impacting those with dementia? For me, all mental illness and especially, but really all illness has kind of a pyramid approach for me. On the bottom is a physical aspect, like a cell phone. When the hardware doesn't work, the battery is empty, we won't get to see our favorite website. The middle part is the thought or emotion part, the software. If that doesn't work, we still can see our favorite website. And then the top part is what's just as important, the spiritual connection. Mm. For the cell phone generation, it would be the internet. Without an internet, you don't see your favorite website. Mm -hmm. Beautiful analogy there to help us see how critical it is that we have that connection in life. And I imagine people with dementia may be isolating themselves because they're embarrassed or disconnected or not sure what's going on. There's a stigma sometimes when people forget things and sometimes people with advanced dementia 
And I won't say we can reverse it. We probably can't. But people with advanced dementia get irritable or even angry outbursts. Those are hard to handle. And I always say dementia is usually harder for the relatives than for the dementia client. Yeah, that's true with a lot of chronic illnesses, and it becomes a challenge for us to support them. And this Mm -hmm. is where I think the kind of relationship that you're articulating that you provide in a therapeutic relationship with the patient who's in this situation is really where, as clinicians, we can focus our time. How do we get into the best therapeutic relationship for that person in that situation? I think you're completely right. And it's all individual and it does take time. You have to listen to your clients and your clients are always right because they are the experts for their body and their spirit and their mind and as functional nutrition practitioners in any kind we always are consultants i always tell my clients you are the boss you know your body you have to do the work i can tell you what i think you should do to get well but you have to do it yes it's the analogy of the hero's journey and the patient or the client is the hero and we have the opportunity as you pointed out to be their guide should we choose that mission thank you Mm -hmm. so much what an important point to end on thanks christine thanks andrea The 15-Minute Matrix is brought to you by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. The 15-Minute Matrix team includes music by my son, Gilbert Nakayama, and Carla Schaefer on sound production, as well as Renee Hunt, Natalie Merrill, and Christine Shook. You can visit us and hear more episodes at 15minutematrix.com. And if you'd like to be notified each time there's a new podcast episode ready and waiting for you, please go to 15minutematrix.com forward slash notify. We'll be sure to drop into your inbox with a short reminder that a new episode is ready for you. You also have an open invitation to email us. Please do. We want to hear from you. We want to know who you'd like to hear on the podcast and what topics you'd like to see mapped on the 15-Minute Matrix. You can email us at ask at 15minutematrix.com.